Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. China, specifically, if you're looking at the Chinese market, obviously there's huge potential. But don't just look at like the potential based on the population. Um, you need to do some research into actually their consumption behaviors to see whether your product or service can solve a problem or a pain point for them because their consumption patterns and their behaviors and their thought processes are quite different as a culture to, to Western society. Um, so I'd say I'd be doing quite a bit of research into that and actually just spending some time there. So the best thing that we did, I mean, the, the most challenging thing that we did, honestly, was moving to a foreign country that didn't speak the language and kind of didn't understand their culture but it was the best thing that we did um, because we learnt about their culture really quickly and we identified a, a huge gap in the market over there which allowed us to grow our business um, but we only did that by spending time there and actually speaking to locals making local networks getting involved in the startup ecosystem over there uh, it's really really important to actually be immersed in in China wherever you want to base yourself and then make contacts from there to be able to start to validate whether your concept is, is something that would work in that market. How you day, how you day. Today's episode is with the lovely Teresa who was playing sick today. Uh, in, in this episode, you, you can hear that she was dealing with a cold and she was a real trooper for pushing through with the episode. We dive into a lot of crypto stuff. So crypto and blockchain stuff, Something I admittedly know nothing about, but she talks about how she's using that to, you know, fuel a travel ecosystem, essentially. And it was an interesting mix for me to learn about how she combined crypto technology with travel. And also she talked about how she does business with China and Asia as a whole. So I thought it was pretty educational, you know, for those who are thinking about different ways to power the businesses. This might be beneficial for you. Also her drive and her story with coming up with an idea and then making it something that that she ultimately made a career is also inspirational also for those that have been asking my master class on public speaking is on december 15th i will put the link in the show notes there is a in-person version for those in new york and, the, and there's also a virtual version as well so no one is going to be able to miss out make sure you check out the episode make sure you check out the master class look forward to seeing you there enjoy Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's episode is with Teresa Truder. Now, she is the co-founder of Chosen, and she is also one of these amazing superwomen who, who is, who's Australian, but lives, has built a company in China, and she's basically powering this, this cryptocurrency and blockchain movement that is helping travelers find the best places to go ahead and, and you know, 
live based on their styles and preferences. So I'm, I'm always interested in talking to people like her because not only is she someone who's identified as a superwoman in data, but she's also someone who is um, a culturally uh, uh, forward-thinking um, uh, individual and someone that's really helping to make our world more, uh, you know, smaller in a good way. We have this globalization and digitalization happening in the world. We have all these um, um, emphasis on differences and how it makes us different, but we don't have a lot of platforms that I feel like that are effective in connecting us together. So I'm really excited to, to have you on the show, Teresa. Hey, thanks so much. What an intro. <laughs> well, the it's, intro is your life, my friend. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it is something you've done. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your company? What exactly um, do you feel is what sparked you on this journey? You know, Tell me a little bit about young Teresa and then uh, fast forward to where you are today. Yeah, so I guess um, young Teresa had the pain point that we're solving today. As you can tell, I've got a bit of a croaky voice, so I'm sorry about that. I'm just coming off the back of an illness. Um, but so young Teresa started in advertising maybe 10, 12 years ago um, in the tech industry, and I was a business traveler, road warrior, and flying all the time for work. Um, and work would often sort out my hotels and flights, but when I'd get to these new destinations, I'd A, B, time poor. Um, B, have a disposable income, and C, need services on the ground, essentially, that my work didn't organise for me. So I had this gap where, you know, I could spend time trawling different sites, like big websites and trawling reviews to try and find stuff to do in new cities. Um, but I thought there needs to be a simpler way for me to be able to get efficient, convenient like services and experiences based on what I actually like when I travel. Um, and so... Look, we used to, both Zia and I who founded the business used to um, build products for a living for other brands and mm -hmm. so we were like, you know, we've got this concept, let's try and validate it with some people and so we did that with quite a, a small group to start with in Melbourne and Sydney and we wanted to just test that other people actually had um, a similar pain point to us and so we brought it out to like millennial business travellers um, and we found that there was a huge uptake. People have the same problem where they're crippled by indecision on the internet. There's so much noise. They want to be able to find things to do when they get to destinations based on what they like. And uh, and so once we validated that, we actually um, at the same time created an opportunity for us to go over to China to be part of China Accelerator because um, we were always looking at the Asian market. And we stayed in touch with the program director at China Accelerator. And when the time was right and we'd built enough traction, we, um, we got the opportunity to go over there. And so we were asked to go there for three months and we packed three suitcases and said, hey, we'll give it a shot. And, um, and since then, we actually haven't looked back. And we've pivoted the product to kind of what it is now, or I guess the product's grown to what it is now, which is essentially um, we're making travel experiences and loyalty much easier for the millennial traveler to be able to find things to do based on what they like. Mm. It's all powered by machine learning, artificial intelligence, and um, we've actually moved our providers onto the blockchain, which we can talk about a little bit later, and it's driven by uh, the loyalty program that we've invented is driven by the cryptocurrency that we've created as well. Oh, that's fascinating to me. And, and yeah, we're definitely going to talk about the crypto pretty soon, but I want to, I want to harp in on the fact that you, your co-founder, Zaya, uh, it's funny, I just found out that 
Um, I just found that, it, you know, Zay was a really, really cool, cool person. And, uh, for some reason I thought that it, it, it was you confirm, but, um, Zaya, Zaya and you, you, this was, you basically were trying to solve this pain point. There's a pain point where you had, where, uh, you wanted to create easily discoverable, unique experiences when people travel and you spent a lot of time going through different sites, looking for local experiences and services in new cities. And there wasn't really a platform out there that was doing that. And the reason why I want to harp on this is because a lot of the, the listeners are entrepreneurs and, and sometimes they think that their personal problems, their personal pain points isn't something that's shared with the wider world. So they're like, well, I'm mm. not going to do it because it's, what's the big deal? It's just me that has this problem. Can you talk mm. about the, the importance of that mindset of understanding that if, if there's something you – uh, you're struggling with that. If you have something you're struggling with, there's a bigger chance that there's a lot, there's a sizable amount of people out there in the world that's struggling with. And then the next step into making that an actual business. Yeah, most definitely. I think, um, I think uh, often, you know, entrepreneurs are all really creative people, right? So we can often come up with a bunch of different concepts and you're right. People are sometimes held back by that kind of fear of, you know, is it actually something that other people are going through? And sometimes entrepreneurs don't really want to talk about their ideas too because, you know, there's a, a fear of rejection or a fear of maybe not knowing if it's a real valid concept. And so I'd say to that point that the best thing that you can do is if you feel that there is a pain point, you need to start to reach out to other people to see if they have a similar pain point or even to start to talk about your concept because sharing it is where the idea starts to evolve. Mm. Um you know, like if I look back, honestly, two years ago when we started and we were validating it with just business travellers, we're now not just for business travellers. By speaking to people, by expanding our business, by going to China, we realised there was this whole gap in the market for Chinese outbound travellers. Now, if you would have asked me two years ago if I'd be living in China with a platform for Chinese outbound travellers, I probably would have laughed at you. But, you know, it's actually been the journey that I've gone on to validate the product and validate the concept um, that's brought us to where we are now. So I think it's really, really important that once you have a pain point that you feel is something that's valid, to talk to people about that, find others, find out who your market are, who you're actually targeting, um, and then validate it and validate it in a, in a simple way before going and spending, you know, a ton of cash to actually validate your concept. Validated, validated. Start off with a pain point, test it out, share the idea, and then validate it. You know, because there are moments when you would, you know, you might need to switch, you might need to adjust, you might need to learn, you know, a new skill. Uh, and it's always interesting that the best way to actually experience something in business is by doing. And so, don't be crippled by an idea you have because you think it's it's too narrow, too stupid. Think about how you could grow from just testing it out and working it out with people. Totally. And, you know, like the really important thing to that as well is once you actually start speaking to people, you need to listen to their feedback. And sometimes you also have to filter their feedback because it can get frustrating. You know, you're close to an idea, especially at its very raw stages and you feel really passionate about it. But, you know, talking to people about it and then listening to their feedback or some of their pain points that may vary or come from your initial idea is really, really important because that gives you the nuggets that are going to actually like create your your strategy and your actual business moving forward. Perfect. Startup. Yeah, yeah, and I love it. All right. So, Teresa, this is this is this is uh, um, something I've been looking forward to since I found out we were getting interviewed. So, um, 
Chosen is an ecosystem for travelers to discover, book, and access the best personalized local experiences and, and services, right? Now, it's powered by proprietary AI and data science driven by cryptocurrency and blockchain. Can you explain? Because I know there are a lot of people that don't know what that is. <laughs> so. Absolutely. So let me, I'll break it down. So the AI and the data science makes uh, our product a lot smarter, right, for our customers. So, for example, you can go onto websites currently, um, and like I said before, you're trolling reviews, right, and these reviews are generally subjective. It's like, I like soy lattes, you like full cream milk, um, and you want to go to a really noisy cafe, but I want to go to a really quiet cafe where I can zone out and drink my soy latte. So we want two different things. The AI and data science actually helps us match our customers individually based on their personal preferences. And so what that is is like an algorithm, a piece of technology that we continue to build, grow on, a set of rules that basically allows us to get to know our users and what they like and don't like, and then we can easily match them to the right provider based on that. Um, and so that's the, the AI and data science. And the way that it works is like, the more we start to collect data on the user with their permission, so we let you know at all points what data we're collecting and why and how it's actually going to benefit you, and you can choose to um, to share that with us or not. If you share some of the data and some of your likes with us, then it will allow us to create a more customised experience for you and recommend things that you're actually going to like when you travel. The more that you uh, use Chosen, we then have machine learning, right, which starts to learn about your patterns. It sees that you are a regular traveller, for example, to, um, say, Bangkok. Just say you travel from Shanghai to Bangkok um, and you're going there every second week. We learn about that pattern then we can actually start to predict based on your patterns and recommend travel experiences before you even get there. So that's sort of the intelligence and data science side of things. Um, and where we really saw an opportunity, particularly with the blockchain uh, technology, obviously blockchain is a, an emerging technology, right? It's been around for um, 10 years or so now, and it's really just starting to kind of take off. We're starting to see a lot of traditional industries adopt blockchain. Um, for us, it was a decision. We're a bunch of nerds, geeks that like to stay ahead, and we really see um, blockchain as, as a, a super beneficial way of um, transacting data and it will be the future of how data is transacted um, and so we wanted to implement it into our business and we saw a real purpose of being able to store um, or put all of our providers onto the blockchain so all their data is stored on the blockchain and then what that means is it allows us to authenticate that transactions are actually happening so with that we're removing the element of distrust on the internet, right? Because I can actually prove by looking on the blockchain that you went to that particular cafe in Bangkok and you drank that soy latte and that you enjoyed it because it's authenticated by the blockchain. So that's one element. Um, and the other one is around efficiency of payment. We have a lot of providers across Asia. We're in 22 cities across Asia at the moment. A lot of them are emerging countries. Um, some of them operate in cash but they are adopting cryptocurrency rapidly. And so we want to be able to provide, we want to be able to efficiently pay our providers. And we saw the blockchain as a real opportunity uh, to allow us to do that. 
So that's a that's AI data science and the blockchain part. Is that is that making sense? So no, far? that makes a lot of sense. And, and I think the thing with um, you know, because a lot of people have different interests and opinions about AI. You know, you have some people that are pro, some people that are against. Um, you know, there's there's, there's a scary element to some people, and then there's like, no, this is the future element type of thing. And it's interesting hearing you talk about it because you know you're, you're really talking about it actually being it's saying it's making it th- making things smarter. It's actually making you understand your customer a lot better, and it's it's I guess it, it's quicker to adapt. And then on the blockchain in the uh, crypto part, it's the, the interesting thing is, of course, we see the TV shows depictions of what crypto and all these things are. I just watched the movie Superfly, and um, <laughs> it was a remake of remake. Yeah, it's a remake of, of I think it was the seventies uh, film. But yeah, you know, one of the ways that they wire the money was through crypto. I was like, wow, this is actually making it into pop culture that type of way. And yeah, but with, with crypto and blockchain, it seems like a um, maybe I don't know if it's true or not. It's like a more efficient infrastructure to do business. Is that is that is that what is that what that was that what I'm hearing? Yeah. So so I mean a good point there to touch on two things: blockchain and crypto are different. Blockchain's a technology that mm. underpins, um, and the blockchain technology is basically to simplify it. Think of it as like a record book um, where every single transaction is recorded and verified by people. And those transactions can't be erased. So it's a super, super powerful technology, right? Every single transaction that is done is tracked on the blockchain. It's creating efficiency and it's creating authenticity and it's also giving power back to the people, right? Because there's not one governing body that is in charge of the transactions on the blockchain. It's people, it's miners, it's you and I. It's people that are validating that a transaction has happened. So that's one aspect. And then... From blockchain, um, there are obviously, you know, it started with Bitcoin as, as the first digital currency, but now there are so many altcoins, there are so many cryptocurrencies that are actually being created as valuable assets um, for different niche markets. So I'll just quickly tell you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Where our cryptocurrency comes into it, but for us, we're a, obviously a travel brand and we saw the real benefit in being able to create a, an asset for travelers so they can actually use our cryptocurrency, A, to pay for their experiences and services wherever they are in the world using CZN. And beyond that, we wanted to actually create um, some incentives behind the CZN and, and really reinvent loyalty for millennials. So 
what that means is um, our customers are going to be able to actually exchange CZN, our cryptocurrency, amongst different brands, big brands that are also trying to tap into the millennial consumer. Um, mm. And a quick example of that would be, so for example, you've got, um, I won't mention a brand, but you've got a particular brand's frequent flyer points. I have a particular brand's um, hotel points, and but I don't have enough frequent flyer points. And if I'm a CZN holder, you and I can trade those points very easily. So it's opening up access to a whole bunch of different brands and allowing a whole ecosystem for people to be able to trade this CZN asset. Love it. Um, yeah. I hope no, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I completely no, I understand that, and it's uh, it's just interesting because I, I just I just I I imagine when I think about crypto, I imagine the time when people probably introduced gold and silver as some form of currency, and people were like, "What is gold? What is silver?" And then it's like, "If you can, silver." And then the paper money. What is paper? Why are you using that? And so and so, <laughs> I'm gonna think it's the same sort of thing with crypto. We never. What 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 is that? And so it's always interesting how on one end there's a resistance to change, but on the other end you're like, well, this is the future, just get with it. So, um, uh, you Absolutely. know, I, I always love that education. Um, let's talk about the China element. Um, I'm very interested. So doing sure. business, I, first, full disclosure, I run a, uh, consultant firm that focuses on cross-cultural communications and helping people do, um, business in, in different cultures and different environments, but also, Creating inclusive leadership, and so I, you know, I, I come right. across interesting um, entrepreneurs and interesting businesses all the time because you know we're trying to work in cultural competency. But cool. what would you say to people that are thinking about launching a company in China? What are the things to consider? What are the things to think about? That is a huge question. Um, all right, top line, I would say, you know, sometimes there's a lot of. Um, myths or misconceptions around not just China but actually like launching a global business or a business in a foreign country. Uh, I would say like any business that you're going to launch in any market, you really need to find the purpose and make sure that there is a need for your product, um, particularly or service in, in that area. Um, China specifically if you're looking at the Chinese market, obviously there's huge potential, but don't just look at like the potential based on the population. Um, you need to do some research into actually their consumption behaviors to see whether your product or service can solve a problem or a pain point for them because their consumption patterns and their behaviors and their thought processes are quite different as a culture to, to Western society. Um, so I'd say to be doing quite a bit of research into that and actually just spending some time there. So the best thing that we did, I mean, the, the most challenging thing that we did, honestly, was moving to a foreign country that we didn't speak the language and kind of didn't understand their culture. But it was the best thing that we did um, because we learned about their culture really quickly and we identified a, a huge gap in the market over there which allowed us to grow our business. Um, but we only did that by spending time there and actually speaking to locals, making local networks getting involved in the startup ecosystem over there. Uh, it's really, really important to actually be immersed in, in China, wherever you want to base yourself, and then make contacts from there to be able to start to validate whether your concept is, is something that would work in that market. I love it. No, this is good. I remember when I was doing research on you, you said 
something that really, really, uh, I really thought was important. You broke it down into five things to consider. You said people, resilience, culture, know your customer, be adaptable. And under people, you said, you know, you've got to build a great, strong network around you. And I've known a lot of people who've done business in, in China, and there's this, uh, this concept of, of you've really building trust. Um, and, and that mm-hmm. network is, is a lot, you know, people will do business with people that they know, and it's really taken seriously there. Like you could have all the expertise, but if there's that, that trust isn't there, um, no. And then the resilience, the, 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 the tough part, because much like when you move to any country or any of that, you, you know, that resilience to continue to push through and get back up is probably almost respected <laughs> even more mm-hmm. <laughs> than, 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 than uh, it isn't because sometimes there'll be tests. That, that could be there and you like if you, if you sort of take the hit and you don't get back up it's, it's interesting and then um, just because media sometimes portrays when you, your third point culture just because sometimes media portrays maybe Asian culture as some monolithic type thing there's very, it's very mm. important to understand that China is, is a country to well over a billion people and when you have well over a billion people even though media has made it look like everyone is the same they're very very different practices that people have to be mindful of and respectful of. And so what may work here, it's not going to work for another uh, part of China. You know, it could be Shanghai, Beijing, or a different party could just be something different. Um, and then obviously, know your customer, figure out if there's a market fit. You know, that's where the testing part comes there. And then the adaptability. I, I know um, I, one of my friends, is, she's, she's touring China and um, the whole of Asia right now. But one of the things she said to me was that, man, you really can do everything here on WeChat. Like you can... <laughs> you, you, you can buy, you can order, you can message, and you know, okay. so it's a whole different world. <laughs> so um, understand that, and don't think that you can bring in any just your sensibilities without thinking about that. So I really love you taking the time for it. I think the, uh, just to touch on the one point that you said there about the trust, it is a huge, huge thing culturally, and that's what comes back to me saying spending time there is super important because. Spending time there, you get FaceTime with people and you you create really, really great relationships. But those relationships take a lot of time, more time than what it does in Western culture. You know, if I I might say to you, let's go to the pub and grab a beer or let's have a coffee and, you know, we hit it off straight away. But in China, these relationships actually take two or three or sometimes six to ten meetings before you actually build that trust with someone. So I think that's a really, really important part that you, you touched on before, definitely. Nice, nice. No, thank you for that. Um, also, congratulations on order. You were awarded GBC's first prize for female entrepreneurship across China. That was in 2016. But... Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty impressive. And, and obviously, I, yeah, I, I like to do research before I interview anyone, but just going through a lot of the interviews and listening to you, a lot of your stories, they're the things that I, I love about what, what you represent. You know, it's, you know, you've said things like you don't believe in failure. Ch- there are just challenges along the way to drive us to be a better outcome. Um, mm-hmm. And you're a general doer and problem solver. And you actually love challenges. So you're, you're, you're you, you love when things are difficult and because it, you feel like you realize there's a learning opportunity ahead of that. And, um, I don't know. I, I guess it's always interesting when I, when I come across people like yourself who are attracted to the work that they do, but you can always tell that they actually love it. It's not, I'm, I'm being an entrepreneur because it's the sexy thing to do. I'm doing an entrepreneur because I'm solving a problem and I know I'm contributing to the larger ecosystem of the world. So can you tell me where that motivation comes from? 
Yeah, sure. I think um, well done on your research because you have nailed it. I am a doer and I love a challenge. <laughs> I love to solve problems. I think it comes, um, you know, I think I, <laughs> I think I was born with it. Um, I've always, always strived for more in my life. I guess, you know, part of it's probably my upbringing. I come from a, an Italian family who's always had like really great models and, you know, working hard for, for everything that you create. So I think part of it's been my upbringing, but also just kind of not accepting the norm in life and wanting to challenge things and knowing that, you know, um, if we all kind of can contribute to making a difference, then we can create solutions to problems in this world. And I think it just comes from a real fire that I have within me that, um, you know, I can make a difference. I can make an impact on my customers' lives. I can make traveling a lot more convenient with the product that I'm creating and it's solving real life issues and that for me gets me out of bed every day it mm. just excites me that I can do that I'm empowered to do that um, and so yeah real kind of fire that I think I've just had my whole life and it's been very much like you know you can create your own destiny as corny as that sounds but you actually can if you want to solve something go out there and do it yeah yeah no I mean you you describe yourself as an essentialist so um you know, if someone has a problem, they can hit you and you, you're confident you'll fix it. But <laughs> you, you also, uh, I remember reading this quote uh, from, from um, tell me if you remember who said this. Obviously, you do. But I'll see if you actually do. It's the woman who follows the crowd will usually go no further than the crowd. The woman who walks alone is likely to find herself in places no one has ever been before. I believe it was Albert Einstein. That is so true. Wow, Teresa. Wow. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I know, I know. It's it's obviously on your side, but I, I love that so much because it's it's really about what you're saying. Uh, my mission statement, and I'm going to ask you that question at the end of the interview, is use your difference to make a difference, right? That's the foundation for my company and for what I do. I believe wholeheartedly in the power of our individuality and the power for each of us to attach that to war problem to solve uh, to solve that and make an impact. I also believe in celebrating differences and that's what, you know, it, it's sort of that two, um, two-headed thing where it's cultural competency and it's a personal statement to make an impact. And so, you know, just hearing you talk about how you, you sort of, you know, fuse your personal and professional life and just make it very mission-based is something that, that um, I admire. And I love it. So, um, really... No, no problem. Really love hearing about that. Um, okay, so we've we've done a bit. We've done a lot of re, you know talking about why you do what you do and what it is um, that really got here. Can you talk about the future of chosen, and then we'll we'll close up with some um, some of your um, favorite things to do in the world. Yeah, sure. So I guess for chosen, the the future for us now is that we've got um, we're launching our CZN, our cryptocurrency in mid-July and so it will be available for people to publicly actually purchase um, and then what we're really really focused on is continuing to grow out the blockchain component of the business um, grow out the technology we always we've got like a huge roadmap um, for our product and a huge vision that we want to execute on so we're going to be making some pretty cool hires we're going to look at going to Europe uh, at the end of the year and really, we want to, within the next couple of years, actually be um, one of the most dominant companies in the travel space and actually really revolutionize the way that millennials travel. 
it's a huge aspiration for us, but we know that we can do it and we've already had really, really great um, feedback from customers that we do have and people that we talk to. So we're just going to keep working really hard and hustling and um, and hopefully continue to grow out the, the product to get it to where we want it to be. Awesome, awesome. And people right now can access the site. So who are the type of people that you want to uh, work with, you know, go on Chosen and really start engaging it with your with your service? Yeah, so uh, we're across Asia. So it's essentially anyone that's traveling to Asia. Um, mm. And once we're available in Europe, um, obviously we'll be able to be accessed there. But anyone that's traveling to Asia should definitely go on to Chosen.com um, and check it out and look at uh, the services and the types of experiences that you can get. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that we suggest that's kind of a little bit more off the beaten path. So it's definitely worth it for anyone, really, that's traveling across Asia. Okay, okay. And, and if you ever do uh, come across Teresa, make sure that you get her some avocado and chocolate. And she does <laughs> like – she likes them together. She, she apparently likes them together. I thought I was weird for my food choices because I mix everything, but – I haven't quite done the avocado and chocolate. <laughs> is that? I, I always say I'm ready chocolate, so I don't need chocolate. I, I, I'll try the, uh, I'll try the, I'll try the avocado and chocolate mix together and, and see and report back to you. But yeah, um, well, let me know how you go with that. <laughs> Not for everyone, I tell you. <laughs> but um, as, as we're getting ready to wrap up here, some of your favorite things: um, graphic novels. What's your favorite graphic novel? Ooh, uh, I would have to say my favorite graphic novel is a graphic novel called Mother Come Home. Um, mm. It is a really cool graphic novel. It's quite old. It's from Paul Horschmer, who's, I think that's his name, um, who has written a few. But yeah, I, it really got me into actually reading graphic novels. I never really, a quick, a quick little nugget for you, I never really liked reading, right? Although I was a lit literature major in university um and then as an adult i started to look at graphic novels as a way to kind of you know still creatively stimulate myself and it's a really great way of being able to read things and still be inspired by books without reading huge heavy novels that's awesome no that's awesome i love that i love that i'm uh um it, my family we all i read a lot of comics my brother reads um, a lot of manga and you know graphic yeah. novels is right there. I know he. I don't know. We all read different things, but I also read. Um, I've, I've started to get into graphic novels as well, and it's interesting. That I wasn't quite sure we're trying to start off with, so I'm going to start off with that with your suggestion, and then sure. we'll see. Okay, um, we're getting ready to wrap up here. So when I say use your difference to make a difference, uh, I already explained that earlier. But how do you, Teresa, use your difference to make a difference? People. I think I um, I have a way with people and building relationships and I'm pretty human. So even though that's not different, I think that it's a bit of a superpower, right, to be able to resonate with people, to be empathetic to people, even from a business perspective. So I'd say I, I use that to really make a difference, to understand people, to understand their needs, wants, my customers, suppliers, my team, um, and really actually get to the core of, you know, why people are behaving in the way that they do and then relating to that. So I'd say people is my power. Okay. Wow. People is her power. People are her power, rather. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, wow, my English teacher would have hated me. Uh, 
people are a power. And uh, if you want to check out more about what Teresa's up to, head over to chosen.com or TeresaTruder.com. And make sure I put that in the show notes. Uh, really, really fascinating um, the stuff that you're doing. Love how you, you really dove into um, you know China and then Asia by extension. And it's 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 cool to hear your story. Uh, I think it's it's very easy to see the passion that you have for what you do. And thank you for uh, playing sick. I know it's it's you know <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> it's tough with, so with the, having me. I mean, yeah, it's tough with the time zones and the voice. So I really I can't tell you how appreciative I am for that. So I appreciate that. Thanks. I am too. Awesome to chat to you. Likewise. Likewise. Well, ladies and gentlemen, till next time. Use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.